your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. That's uh, that's Spencer's calling music. Spencer Halsey. That's her. Uh, that's her walk-up music. If she were a closer in baseball, she would walk up to this song. I think, right, Spencer? Absolutely. This is my personal theme song right here. <laughs> so Spencer Halsey is our. She's our like science guru let's call her that now that she's no longer at uw lacrosse but she's calling from the hated land of illinois i mean we hate it but, against me now but yeah so nobody it's, it's gonna be hard to bring you out justify bringing you on the show being that you're you know an, a fib um <laughs> can you say that it feels it feels very mean to say that um even though it doesn't if you know you know um, but she's our aspiring astrophysicist as well. She's just in, just just began her journey to get her doctorate in astrophysics at the University of Illinois. Is it is it technically astrophysics? Because I feel like I've made this mistake before. So my undergraduate degree is in physics. This is technically astronomy. But whenever I say astronomy, the first reaction I get out of a lot of people is, "Oh, like." I'm a Gemini. I'm like, no, 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 yeah. not, not astrology, <laughs> astronomy. And it happens more often than you think. Can people so, get their doctorate? Can you get your doctorate in astrology? I don't know. Uh, I, I think there are many self-proclaimed <laughs> doctorates in astrology. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I met a couple when I was an undergrad here who just really liked the the idea that Stars had some kind of impact on their life, uh, of course, other than the sun. So, I don't know. I think they they definitely would have seen themselves as doctors in the area of astrology. Astro- I know I'm a Capricorn, which is a fish goat. So maybe <laughs> that's why I'm bitter. Because I had a fish goat? Like, I'm not the cool one. I'm the fish goat. So maybe that's why I'm like, I will never bother with astrology. No offense here, but... Saying that you're studying astrophysics is way cooler than saying you're studying astronomy. Because if I mm-hmm. if you tell me you're getting your doctor in astronomy, I think, oh, so you're gonna know all the constellations and know <laughs> like that and I get that that's astrology, but it's also like it's you're you're studying the stars and and the planets. So I don't know, it just sounds cooler astrophysics. I don't know why. Maybe because that dog in the Jetsons was named Astro Rastro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's because astrology took the monopoly on the astro short word, and so now we have to go all the way to astrophysics. Yeah, it, I feel comfortable with that because my undergraduate degree is in physics, so I'm close enough. Yeah, astrology kind of ruined it for you guys. But it, I mean, if you if we wanted to compare you to somebody on the Big Bang Theory, who would you be? You know, aspiring to be here because those guys all have their doctorates except the one that they make fun of for not having it. You know, I don't even, oh, Wozniak, it's been like six years since I've watched Big Bang Theory. I only watched it when my dad watched it, <laughs> okay. like over his shoulder. Sure. Um, no, I, that's I fine. I don't want to be. Are, are you going uh, to be Bob okay. Allen at some point? Are you going to be that? <laughs> Doctor? Uh, no, I mean, I, I wish. I wish. Because, you know, I could, if I had that uh, expertise on music and stars, it'd be something cool. But, no, I think... I, I like Neil deGrasse Tyson minus the 
the popularity. <laughs> oh, sure. That would be that would be the goal. Yeah, that's like the, the top that, of the mountain. Right. I mean, that's the top of the mountain in terms of your field, right? Neil deGrasse Tyson. I mean, if mm-hmm. any, or or Bill Nye, right? Maybe Bill Nye is a little different, though. I think. Bill Bill Nye isn't quite so space focused, but I think uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is definitely a figurehead in the public eye. He's definitely not one that we look for whenever we're looking for papers and published. He's not so much that anymore. And there's definitely some big names there that mean a lot to me. That would mean. Nothing, Nothing to anybody to else, but um, yeah, he's, he's definitely a big figurehead, and is, I do like his work, even though sometimes I disagree with his points and is, his method of communication. I mean, I can't deny the man is very, very smart and very, very good at what he does. Yeah, I was just going to... I don't know if you've ever seen this, but he always shares the same tweet, like about mm, once every six months, that the only place you can kiss the mirror is your lips reflection. I have no idea why he insists on sharing that one so much, but he does. It's technically true. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Um, is there bitterness in your field with Neil deGrasse Tyson, the way he does things, the way he's po- maybe made himself popular? I mean, there always seems to be that, uh, but is he, does he do it okay where you guys don't, where you other aspiring astrophysicists don't like roll your eyes at him because he's seeking attention? Well, like I think it's really independent person by person as to whether or not you like Neil deGrasse Tyson. I think, on average, we're pretty happy with what he does. Sure. But there's definitely moments where we're just like, mm, that's not how I would have answered that question. I think one of the biggest complaints is he can often come off as, um, or it's said that he comes off as smug sometimes, and that's not unique to him. That's that's pretty common in big wig scientists. Um, and humility is something that all physicists should always be working on quite some time. So that's, that's probably the biggest complaint I hear about him. But I, I have no personal complaints. I, I'm, very, I'm very excited that he, he brings science communication out to the world in such an inviting way most of the time. Awesome. Um, all right, Spencer Halsey is going to hang out with us this hour. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I just had a, I just had a hiccup. It's not, is it Halsey? Did I do that wrong? Wilkin. Wilkin. Uh, I was like, no, wait, that's not right. Wilkin. I'm going to, oh, you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my bad. Spencer Wilkin. She got married like a couple, uh, six months ago. Last October. Last October. Oh, was that that long ago? (laughs) Uh, Wow, it was almost a year. Uh, And and yeah, so in the midst of our having uh, done the show together for a while, she changed her name and I just, I don't know what I, brain, brain fart there. Um, all right, on the show today, we're going to talk about the Mercedes Meteor Show. Well, we could do that real quick, but in, in the other things we're going to talk about is is or are aliens. Uh, the, we had a, a committee hearing or a, a very public government hearing on whether or not aliens or UAPs, I guess we're calling it, UFOs. I feel like I, we shouldn't call it that ever. Um, UFOs, whether they exist, apparently they do. Um, Spencer put some other notes in here. We, we always got to talk about climate change when, when you come on. I just want to I want to get you on climate change. Um, the Russia, uh, Russia moon landing. No, not we're not even talking about the U.S. landing on the moon. It's apparently Russia and again unmanned, so it's not even people landing. Um, and then the Webb telescope found a question. Literally, it found a question. Uh, so we'll talk about that. And then Spencer has some very weird things. Well, I didn't even get to the rest. There's a Montana lawsuit uh, over climate change. Um, Montana's laws don't kind of uh, bring in a, 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 a good future, I guess. Um, and then we found a 300,000-year-old 300, skull 
that apparently changes how our maybe our evolution has come to be as humans. And then Spencer mm-hmm. really wants to talk about Mike the chicken, this chicken that lived without a head for a year and a half. So uh, that's that'll be our which we do every time is our story from our breaking news from decades ago. We should have like somebody record like a breaking news from the 1950s or something like that, like a, a little liner. But before we get to any of that, um, I hyped up this Mercedes meteor shower and the guy I talked to from uh, uh, now, I just forgot the website, but um, the guy I talked to, he was kind of like, eh, you know, tamper your expectations. But I and I did, but I went and laid out in my golf course, which is pretty far away from lacrosse, not my golf course, the golf course near me. And um, I saw six meteors in like a half hour and then I got bored and left because I didn't see any meteors that were like anything out of the ordinary in terms of what I've seen before. Cause I was kind of hoping to f- see like a really bright one. Um, but yeah, it was kind of, kind of overrated for me. I, I don't know um, about you. The, yeah. So there's, well, the problem with the, um, I always say Perseids, but the problem with that constellation is that whenever we're, uh, crossing into that, uh, swift tunnel line, right. Cause meteor, meteor showers are caused by, the Earth passing through debris fields, we are hitting it head on. Like our orbit is going into it. So they're all coming our direction. Okay. So instead of seeing those beautiful fireballs, we get little points. And that's why it's not as fun. We're hitting it head on. Okay. Well oh, so the trajectories yeah, okay. are kind of the same. As if we were hitting it from, as if it were, instead, it would be better if we T bone the thing? Yeah. Like, I mean, we're, I guess we're never not hitting it head on. It's just kind of how it goes. It's just, whenever they're coming, they're almost like coming towards us. Yeah, I get it. Um, and so it's not as it's not as I mean it's really rapid because we're getting a great cross sectional area as we impact it. So there's a lot of me- you're supposed to be on average a lot of meteorites. However, it's been a bit since the Swift Tunnel has passed by, and it's going to be even longer um, since it'll go again. So that that debris field we're passing through isn't as filled as it usually is. And you're right; it so, is Perseids. I. I- I'm doing like Greek mythology, I think now, and we're doing astro- astronomy and or astrology and Greek mythology on this show <laughs> instead of uh, Perseids meteor shower. So uh, yeah, it was it was kind of overrated. If you're gonna go out of your way to go see something, when when the news that the Northern Lights are visible again, that's when you need to go to a place to check these out because those were way cooler. Yeah, it's also a little bit better luck overall. I know that. Um there's, I mean, there's a lot of meteor showers throughout the year. I just like to get lucky and be like, oh, I'm outside, and there happens yeah. to be one. I think those are my favorite favorite moments. Yeah, six and a half hour for me, I was like, ah, I feel like I can see six and a half hour any day of the week, but not that I'm ever just laying out there just staring at the sky. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back. All right, that was not that was not the song. That was apparently a clip. I think that was a clip from Weird Science. That was not. That was definitely not the song. But welcome. <laughs> Back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. Uh, in, I was almost going to say in the studio. On the phone with me for this hour is Spencer Wilkin, who's now attending the University of Illinois, trying to get her doctorate. I shouldn't say trying, right? Going to get her doctorate in astrophysics. Uh, astrophysics. I did that wrong, though. It's actually astronomy. Astronomy. She's going to be a doctor of the stars. <laughs> How about that? That's cool. That sounds cool. Actually, um, Doctor of the Stars is like that's worth a T-shirt right there. I know that so. you could be like you could be like doctors. You sh- you know if you would have married someone with last name Stars, you could be Doctor Stars. So something to think about. 
maybe change your name. Got to talk to Tyler. They're like, hey, why is your name Wilkin and not Stars? Yeah, what, what's, what's the deal, man? Um, all right, so this this is a couple of weeks old, but I had I couldn't bring you on until until now. But the government held a hearing on whether or not aliens exist, and you you watched quite a bit of that hearing. Was it first of all? Was it just kind of meh? Was it meh? I mean, as a as a country, maybe as a society, I feel like we're just we've seen so many different versions of aliens that like when the government says they have, you know, I think he said that they have. What do they call it? They call it like alien biologics. They always they they, biologics. they the terminology that for all this wild. stuff is so annoying that. I, I just can you just tell us uh, biologics I get it but like give me what give me something better than that um but they have alien technology they have alien biologics in the the entire country I think because it was in the midst of the hottest July on, in recorded history when eh, you know you could have held a hearing on the climate which I think they're doing today somewhere but um, I don't know. Were you, su- just finished, yeah. were you were you enamored with with this guy's testimony David Grush. So David Gresham, I think the other one was uh, Mr. Graves. There were two uh, military folks that like came and talked. I was intrigued. I, I mean, I was. It was really interesting to listen to their testimonies. You really had to parse through a lot of political, um, not not important, not jargon, just things that didn't trivialness to hear their testimonies uh, in this nearly two and a half hour long uh, committee hearing. So I, I think. Isolating their testimonies, I, I don't know if anyone would have changed their opinions on what they, if they were going into this thinking aliens were real, they were validated. If they were going into this uh, hearing, listening to these testimonies and saying aliens aren't real, well, they didn't really get anything to say otherwise. I think the biggest takeaway from this hearing is that the stigma that the pilot faced is going to be slightly less in government structures. That is not that big of a win um, as far as the public who really want to know more things. Like, what does he mean when he says biologics? It's still a lot of red tape. There's still a lot of stigma. I do have that clip, I think. I'm going to hit play here. Mm -hmm. Spencer, I don't know if you for some reason, you you weren't hearing stuff before, but I'm going to hit play, and then maybe you can hear it, but the audience will be able to hear this. this. If you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. And was this documentary evidence, this video, photos, eyewitness? Like, how would that be determined? The specific documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. Talk to you in a skiff about. And he called it, again, he called it <sighs> biologics. They're like we just... Uh-huh. Uh, you, could you hear that Okay. So no, but I did. I did listen to his testimony oh, okay. when it first happened. So um, I'm, I'm a little bit familiar. Did he talk about the the video that he actually showed? Um, and he talked about a couple of different in specific what? incidences, which I thought were really interesting. Yeah, well, so, like break break those down a little bit. Obviously, I don't. Ha- I have just a couple of thirty second clips, but I don't. I don't have that. So mm-hmm. what was the, you know that was that that caught your attention, huh? Yeah, so a couple things that uh, caught my attention were the videos they submitted as part of the testimony. 
Uh, now, these are ones that you and I have actually talked about on the air in the past, because a quick side note, this committee hearing is not just a standalone committee. This is something that's been going on pretty well all summer. And so this is a culminating event. But what they did is it was a really quick clip of a, like a floating silver orb out of his fighter jet. And he submitted it as official things. And it seems as though um, the American government and all these entities are recognizing a, a very fundamental but also incredibly easy, in my perspective, truth is that there are things that are, we are observing, our servicemen are observing, our citizens, our non-citizens, civilians, everyone in between, that are not explained. Whether or not they're extraterrestrial, unclear. But what is true is that it definitely exhibits technology that we do not understand, at least the government isn't claiming to understand. And so these kinds of weird nuances and they're showing this and submitting this and the, and the fact that government isn't immediately classifying it, that's a big step in acknowledging whatever this is as being some weird. Um, I mean, they talked about this Tic Tac-shaped um, object, not size, but shaped, uh, mo- moving over the sun, uh, the ocean, and catching it on radar at different points, right? And so these servicemen are being validated by all this different data, but we're unable to submit reports without feeling it was just going to be laughed at. And right. so... I know. I think it's really interesting to have it on the on the official record that there are these things that exist. Two things. Uh, I think you said tic tac sized, but they would be tic tac shaped, right? Tic tac shaped. Yeah, not tic tac. That would be incredible. Our radar would be incredible if it's. Also, um, <laughs> do we need to update that because nobody knows what tic tacs are anymore? Oh, everyone thinks photos, you're saying. Right? Everyone thinks you're saying tic tac, and they're like, "So it's a cell phone? They saw they saw a square." Is it a rectangular shape? What what do they see? A tic tac? What a tic tac? What is a tic? You know, everyone everyone maybe. I, yeah, I'm surprised that you even know what a tic tac is. Honestly, Spencer. Well, considering the amount of talking that I do, it's honestly good that I always keep some tic tacs. And it sounds like an off brand version of tic tac. Well, if they ever get to banning tic tac in the U.S., we might have to make ourselves a tic tac. Yeah, can uh, but, can University of Illinois employees have tic tac? On their phones, on their work phones. Um, I don't. As as a grad student, they definitely don't give us a work phone. <laughs> so, um, also, uh, when when they try to explain, first of all, they call them UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomenon. About a, a couple of mm-hmm. months ago, I said they should start calling them AFOs, aliens flying objects, uh, which is maybe a little bit more specific to what I want to hear, as opposed to just like we don't know what these things that are flying around are. Um, the second thing is everything's a weather balloon, right? If they can't explain it, what is this thing? It's probably a weather balloon. Ah, it's a weather balloon. This thing that's going a million miles an hour, darting in and out of the ocean. Ah, weather balloon. Yep, it's a weather balloon. Yeah, I think I think we'll be hearing less and less uh, attempts at classifying things as um, that we as laymen would find a little bit more comforting. I guess I don't think the government. I hope the government doesn't keep trying to push, well, we think it might have been a weather balloon if they really don't think that. Uh, because there was a lot of stigmas, right? There was a lot of attempt to make it explained. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I just Maybe we'll have a better open book that might not be satisfying to some, but I think scientists find that exciting. The other clip I have from... But the data won't be hidden. The other clip that I have, and I'm going to hit another button here to see if you can hear it, but this is about whether or not, uh, when, they're, when they're messing with the alien tech is what I call it, uh, did they get injured? Mm-hmm. This is that little um, back and forth. For the great questions, brother. Um, Mr. Grush, 
I might have asked this before, but I want to make sure. Do you have any personal knowledge of someone who's possibly been injured working on legacy UAP reverse engineering? Yes. How are they injured? Is it something like a radioactive type situation or something we didn't understand? I've heard people talk about Havana syndrome type incidences. What, What was your recollection of that? I can't get in the specifics, but you can imagine assessing an, an unknown unknown. Uh, there's a lot of uh, potentialities you can't fully prepare for. So I don't know if you could hear that, but he called it an unknown unknown. A lot of potentialities you uh, can't hear for. So somebody was injured working on alien tech. That's how I took that. Um, but that could be anything to me. It's like uh, you could have he could have slipped. He could have been like doing like trying to tighten a bolt and the wrench slipped and he hit his knuckle, which everyone that works on anything has done. So very you know, Yeah, I think that's I think that testimony right there really showcases why this committee hearing was not it didn't feel groundbreaking, right? Like I don't I didn't feel like this I, I think more people tuned into Casey Anthony than they did to this, right? Like there was there's something to be said about seeing data that the government just doesn't want to show. Um, now, whether that's because it's going to break things open or because it's our own tech that we want to keep secure, you don't know. Um, and maybe it's best to take this as a gradual approach to society and the way that we see these things. But yeah. whenever his hands are tied and he can't say, yeah, he got burned because he touched this grill that was operated by like a different element, then that's so different than being, I can't tell you more. And so I can't give you any more insight than what he's just shared. Right. I mean, I the, could, that'd be cool. I mean, what we want is, is photos of an alien skeleton. Like, and we have photos of a, we have, we have just unearthed a 300,000 year old skull of a human. That's not really a human, but it's still kind of a human. Uh, but that's what we want. We, we want to see the aliens. We, we're work. We're reverse engineering alien tech. Well, give us something. What is the alien tech, or is it a microwave? Did they find out that aliens brought over a microwave like fifty years ago or eighty years ago, whatever microwaves were quote unquote invented, and they weren't invented at all? Aliens just brought them over, and they found them in this crash ship, and now we have microwaves. The heat are well. Ramen. One quote that did stick out to me was Grush uh, did say he he himself was absolutely certain that our government is in possession of the things that he found, uh, of these unidentified uh, alien phenomenon, I mean, aerial phenomenon. Um, and he said that because it's just conversations with all these different people. But I, I just, I, until we see it, it's just not going to be as groundbreaking as it could be. Well, and the other thing, and we've harped on this before, and you talk about the videos that the, the fighter jets or the, the, the naval jets see or Air Force jets, uh, the videos suck. They're grainy. They don't capture anything. They're in black and white. Uh, we have like 8K technology now. Like we're spending $840 billion on the military this upcoming year. Maybe put some good cameras on those jets. Right? Just saying. Just too I'm much just saying. And um, all right, we got to take a break. But when we come back, I'm going to I'm gonna rant a little bit more about um, photos because Russia released some photos of their uh, – they're going to land on the moon here pretty soon. I think tomorrow they're going to re-land on the moon. No men on the moon, but they're going to re-land a, a rover on the moon or something. Uh, they sent out some photos. i got to rip on that. We're going to talk about climate. We're going to talk about the Webb telescope, finding a question mark, literally finding a question mark. And then uh, Spencer is going to go off on Mike the Chicken, a, a headless chicken that lived for a year and a half <laughs> when we come back. <laughs> Hello. 
All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. In uh, on the phone with me is Spencer Halsey, our our science expert, and she picked this song. It's a good song. It's all right. This is not in my uh, in my rec- repertoire, but I might have to keep it. It's a chipper sounding song. I think it's a, a good way to start a Monday or end a Monday. Well, rather. I feel yeah, it's definitely a good way to end a Monday. Like you're just kind of chill and and probably burned out from the Monday, right? The case of the Mondays, whatever. Um, when do you when do you start doing astrophysics stuff at the U of Illinois? Uh, so my first stuff starts the seventeenth. I'll be doing my we do like mock classes before we are BTA the real stuff. I actually learned my class. I'll be talking about stellar astrophysics. That's my assignment. The one of my favorite classes I ever took on campus, and I now I get to support that class. So when you're trying to get your doctorate. You're, you're not, uh, how much of this is you're sitting in a classroom learning from somebody else and how much of it is like hands-on stuff, which is weird because it's space. And then how much of this is you teaching somebody else? So right now, I'm just starting out. Uh, I have my, my reign is very short. Um, we just do a lot of like classroom support with the content, helping students work through problems on stellar astrophysics. That's what my first year will look like. Uh, as far as classwork, grad students have a, it's very different than undergraduate uh, programs. We take a couple classes in our first years, and after that, it's all just hands-on with their own research project. Uh, grad school is mostly research-focused. That's how you yeah. you go from learning from others to lear- teaching yourself. And then, do you have any like? Do you have any like? This will be what I'll be studying in a couple of years. This is a, what what will, what will the hands-on thing of an astrophysicist doc, you know student look like? Well, my track is a little non-standard. I'll be doing all the same coursework as a traditional astro uh, student, but I will be actually researching how individuals learn astro- astrophysics. So I have to do it and then find all the research and work with the um, professors on their work and then also work on communicating that out to others. So it's kind of both. It's, it's a focus on the communication part. You have to learn, so how, a- you have to learn how people learn. So you have to teach... <laughs> I mean, that yeah, makes sense. I have though. to do both. Yeah, I that makes sense. I have to do both. I have to learn the astrophysics and learn how people learn it. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense because then you, you'll you learn that, oh, you know what? They're not learning so well in this light, so we should change that. Mm-hmm. Pretty well in the, in the short of it. Uh, it's, it's very tough to uh, shorten a project that I haven't started yet. <laughs> yeah, so for sure. That's my expectation. All right, so we got a couple of things to talk about before we end the show. This always happens. We get to talking about, you know, other stuff. Or or we just ramble on about, you know, one of the things on the list here. But um, I mentioned the camera. So when the, when, the, when the fighter jets on our U.S. jets find aliens and they, we have video footage, and the, the world doesn't react, A, because we've seen so many alien movies and the, the, the footage is way better in the alien movies, but B, because the cameras suck on the jets. Well, Russia just released some photos of their, what, lunar module that's going to land on the moon, I believe, tomorrow. And it's not a manned mission, but it's kind of a big thing for Russia because they haven't landed a thing on the moon since 1976. But the photos they sent out were black and white and just they look like crap. (laughs) So it's just like, is Russia? I mean, I know they're I know they're funding a war right now. It's weird that they're sending a lunar module to space in the midst of trying to fund a war. But clearly they cut back on the camera uh, expenses. Well, they're shooting for the moon and keep landing in Ukraine. 
that's uh, kind of what's happening there. But yeah, the Russia's been the lander. Um, it's supposed to land tomorrow. It's doing orbits. It's probably orbiting right now and it's begin its descent. The hope is that they're actually going to collaborate with the U.S. on their data because we, the Artemis missions are landing on a new part of the moon. They're landing on the South Pole equivalent of the moon. And I think Russia is hoping to help collect data from that region. Um, if not Russia, then it was a different one. But I do believe this lander is actually designed to help the next manned mission. If it does, that's great. That science collaboration uh, warms my heart. And I'm so glad that, you know, pol- all the horrible politics side that science is still working. Um, this is very similar to the fact that right now, uh, you, you, uh, U.S. citizens and Russian citizens are still have been trapped in the ISS for over a year, uh, six months longer than expected, because they had a docking problem last time, last six months ago, and they're just now getting ready to go home again. Yeah, the ISS, if, it's the International Space Station, right? That's what that stands for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I was reading stuff a couple of weeks ago about how when you're up there in space for a long time, the, the health effects are pretty devastating to your body when you come back. Like, you're pretty messed up. So that's, it's, that's true. And actually, one of the, the longest record, if I remember correctly, was like 460 days, 67 days. And our, our Americans are going to break the American record. Uh, the Russians are not going to break the Russian record, but uh, they've been up there for like 355 days by the time they get taken down. So their bodies are going to have some incredibly interesting consequences to, to evaluate. Not going to be great. All right. So I, I got to bring this up. We're the U.S. has been talking about landing man on the moon again. We we keep sending. I think we tried to send a, a space rocket up or a practice rocket. Um, this endeavor and now Russia seems to be doing it, and uh, I think China maybe is trying to do it. I know. So, so like, are we gonna are we gonna put a person on the moon anytime soon? Uh, yes, the Artemis mission. Uh, we we are trying. We've been working on it for a couple of years. Uh, in collaboration with the Orion missions. So hopefully, fingers crossed, next year, or at least 2026, <laughs> I think was actually the date. Look at you. So you just two, pushed it back. Years. You just pushed it back two more years. You just, I've, I'm still <laughs> of the, uh, I, I still feel like uh, we should be able to more easily put a human on the moon if we did it in the 70s and the 60s, right? This, I mean, uh, come on. We, like, if we did it back then, we should just be able to do it, pop it off, do it right, right now. Shouldn't be that hard. I don't think it was considered easy back then either. I don't. They would just be more careful about it, you know, less duct tape holding things together. I don't know. Right. It shouldn't. Yeah. You don't think it was easy back then. I don't think it was possible back then. That's what I'm saying, Boom. Spencer. <laughs> oh um, man, I can't wait to be having that conversation again. Here on yeah. Campus. When you can, you can uh, make fun of me when there is a person on the moon and they have an HD camera, not a black and white. Hey, look at this photo. He's on the moon. It's a black and white picture of a flag on the moon. See, we we made it back. We're, I'm just I'm skeptical. Um, all right, another thing: the Webb Telescope, this big fancy telescope that we put up, the James Webb Telescope. Um, the 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 latest is they found a question mark in space and have no idea what it was. I I want to preempt this by saying, back in December of 2021, I did bring Bob Allen from UW Lacrosse on with me because we found a mystery hut. That's what we called it, a mystery hut on the moon. So China put a, a rover on the moon, and that was the first thing on the moon since, like, the 70s, uh, or the second thing on the moon since the 70s. Uh, they did that in tw- December of 2021. 
and they found a mystery hut, and I asked Bob about it at that time. And then a couple months later, because it took that long for the rover to drive across the moon, they found out that the mystery hut, and we would know about this if it was interesting, but it was just a rock on a, on the edge of a crater. So, of course it was. But um, So, so when I, I bring that up only because when the James Webb telescope finds a question mark in space, I feel like it's just a, like a distorted light that ends up being a, like a question mark. Just It's kind of overrated for me. Well, it's kind of exactly what it is. But uh, I think, the story, I mean, you've seen the, the pictures of gravitational lensing created smiley faces. Those are some of my favorite photos from space. Um, but I do think, you know, even though James Webb is finding some question mark, it's also producing actual questions. Um, I'm going to really fluidly transition right into the thing that I was really excited about. So I have always known black holes as the phenomenon produced by the death of a really massive star. James Webb is introducing the possibility that that might not be true, or at least that's not the only way they form. Um, and so, yeah, it was super, super exciting. So right now, we, we think of a star dying, and it pushes all the weight in, and if it's a really massive star, it pushes in enough weight that it'll produce a super dense core. That core is so dense, the gravity is so great, light can't escape. But what James Webb is observing is it's looking back into time because it's looking really far into space mm-hmm. and is seeing really young black holes forming. And what that means is it might not have formed from a star at all. Rather than forming from like a star, you know, crushing and then exploding and boom, it's just gas clouds collapsing directly into black holes. And that is something that's brand new to Astrophysics. That's a that's a really new way to think about supermassive black holes, um, and that's how you know the one in the middle of our galaxy would have formed. So that's a that's a pretty interesting idea that James Webb has brought to our table. Yeah, that's so it's finding question marks, but it's also finding maybe answers. Well, and the and the question and the question with the question mark that it found was that it could possibly be two galaxies colliding. Which seems like a big deal. Yeah, it's just two galaxies colliding. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, the the scope of something of capturing that in a photo. I mean, obviously, it's just a tiny speck in in the uh, in the giant photo. But like two, it's just two gal like a, a galaxy. Like the Milky Way is colliding with something else, something like that, right? Well, yeah, we're going to be uh, colliding with the Andromeda galaxy, and so who knows? We might get a. I think our galaxy is feeling pretty artistic. It might get a smiley face. Out of that <laughs> that collision. All right. So the other thing too, with the with the article that you sent me on the Webb Telescope, they they quote this uh, professor. The very first thing you can rule out is that the star is that it's a star in the Milky Way. The question mark. Said Matt Kaplan, assistant professor of physics at Illinois State University. I can't believe that you sent me an article quoting your enemy, Illinois State University. Yeah, I would barely even think about Illinois State. Go Redbirds. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, uh, yeah, I've never – who's Matt Kaplan, though, I kid? Uh, I think our departments might work together, question mark. So, hi, Matt. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the other part of this the, – the other part of this article, too, it, it, it just said that um, uh, nobody's going to do this, though, because this is very much a local man – finds a chicken tender that looks like George Washington. So that's kind of how I put it. Like, yeah, it's a question mark, but it's just a coincidence. Like when you pull out a French fry and it looks like, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants or something. Yeah. Uh, the, or the Cheetos that look like uh, Jesus on a cross. Right. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, all right. When we come back, we've been teasing it all day. The breaking news that we found a, a chicken that lived for 18 months without a head. We'll, we'll do that we'll, to wrap up. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. On the phone with me this hour, Spencer Halsey doing our like science hour, uh, and she's she's calling remotely from the University of Illinois. I think you're on campus right now, right? I am. I'm actually sitting in the physics building. <laughs> All right, so we we do this every time. I don't know where Spencer finds these stories, but we break news from like 50 to 100 years ago. I'll give you I'll give you the rundown of some of the stuff we used to do, and you can add to this, Spencer. We did the great the great beaver drop, where the government just dropped beavers from like airplanes. They dropped beavers in crates and parachutes from like airplanes back in the fifties. We had a a woman living with a dolphin in a house, so they filled the house with water. Uh, That was from the nineteen sixties. That one's very sad, actually. Uh, we had the Kentucky meat shower of 1876. So that one's our oldest one, I believe, uh, where it rained meat in Kentucky, and we don't still don't know why. Um, I feel like we should re- relive that one. We should re- not relive it literally, but like re- rehash that story. But you have more breaking news from 1945 that a Mike the Chicken, a chicken lived without a head for 18 months. <laughs> yes, so spoiler alert. Uh, there was a farmer who was going out to eat one of his chickens, you know, make supper, and, and things went a little awry. So I just, I just think this is just a wonderful science consequence. So chickens are not known for being very bright, but turns out they can even live without a head. So one of he went out to cut the head off the chicken. Sorry, it's a little morbid, but supper. And the chicken ended up living for 18 months without the head. Uh, it would actually attempt to crow. It was walking around, able to move. They fed it using an eyedropper. And, um, it, yeah, it would even crow, but it would sound a little gargly. And so he took it on tour and uh, was actually a sideshow for over a year. It, I just read uh, when I was brushing up on my knowledge of Mike the Chicken, uh, you could go see this chicken in person if you had lived in the 1940s for the cost of $3 today. So, did, would you pay three dollars to see a headless chicken? Absolutely. Did anybody anybody listening go see Mike the Chicken? I feel like uh, there might be some people listening that seen Mike the Chicken back in night. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty long time ago now. I guess but you would be pretty old if you were listening. Um, all right. So, like, how, they fed it through an eye. I'm just thinking like there's a hole in its neck, and you just drop some. Yep. But they would would they have sewn the neck shut and put some kind of contraption there? I have so many questions. No, they they didn't. They just left it open and. Um, they used medicine. They cleaned it out. It was actually the end of Mike the Chicken. Ultimately, was on one of the shows. The caregiver, uh, one of the Olsons, uh, accidentally left the eyedropper uh, at a visiting place, and he wasn't able to get the gunk out of the bird's neck in time. And so, unfortunately, he choked to death. But so the story was, that he passed on was that it was still traveling around. So <laughs> it lived for eighteen months and could have been longer, except for the headless chicken died because of human error. Human error. It could have lived just as long as a normal chicken could have, I guess. Or longer. Who knows? I mean, if you don't have a brain, if you don't have a head, you don't have any of that stress. You don't have to listen, hear, watch. I mean, you have no stress. You're just living life by walking around, getting fed. I feel like you're going to live forever. uh, (laughs) What a life to live, huh? All right. We're going to have to do climate climate talk next time we have you on. Are you going to have time to come on next time? Is that... Is there I'll let be a, you know. We'll see. We'll see. As she, em, as she embarks uh, getting her doctorate. That's Spencer Wilkin. Thanks, Spencer. Thanks, Rick.